0: You're listening to Modded. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, I guess special for me because of how I met him or how I found out about him. It's Quincy Un, and we're actually in Vancouver right now on a little vacation to meet up with him. I was originally going to just visit Seattle, but knowing the fact that we were close to Vancouver, I had to come up here because of just what his car is and like how unique it is just the type of person that he was we met just via social media and now we've become really good friends because we both essentially drive the same car with a lot of the same parts we know a lot of the same people in japan so the first thing like that people don't know about you quincy is like your car is pretty it's amazing first of all but it's it's like in a, in a lot of people's households and they don't even know it cuz your car's in a video game. Like your car is in Need for Speed, isn't it? Need for yeah, Speed. It was
1: modeled. It has m- the exact same wings, exact yeah. same body kit, the same diffuser. How
0: did that happen?
1: I have no idea. Maybe someone saw the car and I don't I'm not going to say it was identical, but the chances are of someone having that same wide body kit, the same wing and the same diffuser is mm-hmm. pretty slim.
0: Exactly, cuz if you go on Need for Speed and you select a RS wide body kit for a hatchback, it they, is exactly your car. And they car. come with that wing, too? They come with the wing, and which the is not a VRS wing. It's no. a Lawnsport World yeah. Rally Cross replica wing. And you have a liberal diffuser, yeah. which, like, I know of two people that have it. And to have one that
1: all together put Altogether. on the, one of the screenshots is pretty yeah. cool. But it's I essentially,
0: can't... every time someone picks your car, like, that's, that's your car. Yeah. Every, every time someone picks well, the VRS, car. That picture was
1: out, so I could see people... Everyone can see the car, so it's pretty cool. I'm not gonna say it's completely 100% copy because I don't want to sound like that kind of person, but it's pretty cool to think that the chances are very slim to none. But it it's, it's no,
0: it, I mean, I'll say it. I'll validate it myself. Like that is your car because of course having that combination of parts isn't possible because no one else has it. Like for the longest time, you were the only one with a carbon World Rally Cross wing, like the Launceston wing. Essentially, mm-hmm. no one else. Has that up until recently? Some guy, I know some other guy, got a carbon one, but that was the only one that I'd ever seen. On top of the liberal diffuser, which like people hadn't even seen or heard of liberal, but it's on your car, so it is like for sure your car. It's just crazy to think that that's a very special thing.
1: It's pretty cool to see yeah. that someone acknowledged it. Maybe it would've been nice if they reached out to me and asked me about it, but then it's still it's a nice surprise to find it online because I couldn't believe it because I had to take a quick, uh, more careful look at the. The fuser and the wing and everything. Make yeah. sure everything was right to make sure everything was was exactly the same as mine. But it it, it turns out to be exactly the same.
0: But don't you have uh, doesn't it have Valenti tail lights too? Yes. Yeah. So it's like okay. So who else is gonna have Valenti tail lights as part of like the quote unquote the vars kit? Yeah. So that's amazing. But how is it that you started doing all of this? Like
1: all the modifications? Yeah,
0: because right now your car is like at a level that's so insane I mean it can really only be described as like it's ridiculous any word you want to use it it's it's so like I just looked at it and I was like this car is stupid it is so incredible and people don't know about it and like people don't understand
1: it's very hidden in the Pacific Northwest we don't get a lot of respect because we're not in California we're not a big city I mean Vancouver's big but it's not like a big city car city like New York or any New Jersey or like Florida Or California, we're pretty tucked away, hidden like around the Seattle area. So not too many shows come around here, so I don't usually get out too much.
0: Yeah, well, just for the fact too that you have a lot of rainy weather, and that always puts people off. And we have our
1: winters and stuff like that, so we you don't get to drive our car for about five months of the year. Yeah, that's roughly about it.
0: A lot of people will put it in storage,
1: and also like the cost of bringing up parts up to Canada and stuff like that. Extra hassle, duties, international shipping—it's a lot of hassle to bring parts up to Canada.
0: And we were talking about that earlier. So, like, I'll, I mean, it's well known that people will always sort of gray market value the costs of their parts because, like, it's insane to pay these import taxes. You're already paying like thirty percent more than than I am in yeah. the U.S.
1: Just off the exchange rate alone. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a gray. There's a gray area too. There's a there's a line you you kind of dance around you don't want to cross that line and get in real big trouble but there's a line you can dance around there but it's like as long as you i mean lots of times i do declare the thing for full amount but there's obviously some gray areas and stuff like that that you can uh, fiddle around with and stuff like that like have some friends help you out and stuff like that but i don't know i try to pay pay much as i can but then also i want to try to make it out make it work for me too
0: yeah but it I mean it's understandable too especially when you when you think about that fact that like not 30 minutes down because the border is like 30 minutes away you can yeah. get stuff for 30 percent cheaper yes. yeah. so why wouldn't you go ahead and do that
1: yeah because it's just too crazy like the border just kills every all the market here just the duties alone and then everything is We're even though we're half an hour it's just considered international shipping even though you have to you can just drive across it
0: yeah but it's not even like you're doing it because you want to take advantage of the system and do it for profit. No, it's like all these are just going to your, yeah, your car. Yeah, it's for personal
1: use only. Yeah. It's not for business or anything like that.
0: So then let's get let's get back to the question, like how how did you start? How did it all happen?
1: I don't know, it was like my brother was all into cars, into the 90s cars and stuff like that. And, I, and then after I had a very good successful first job, I came out with a decent amount of money. I was like, I want to buy something nice for myself and stuff like that. So I wanted something like practical. I wasn't, I had no intention of really modifying the card. I just kind of, oh, I, I remember seeing the Fast and Furious, the fourth one, with the Paul Walker winner in Mexico Mexico, drug running. They had the Impreza STI hatchback. I just loved the way it looked like, it looked like it already had a wide body and everything. I just loved the way it looked. So I really was a font. I really liked that. I, I, I didn't, wasn't essentially big on the STI at first, but then I was like, then I slowly grew into it, it was like, I wanted the hatchback because I wanted to be able to fold down the seats and be able to take a lot of stuff. I thought it was as as a daily driver for the longest time. Then I guess just started doing one thing after lead modifications and stuff like that. Then it just started uh, snowballing and stuff like that.
0: But how did you get the relationship that you have now with all of the stuff that's in Japan? Because most of everything that's on your car is from Japan and, like, exclusive and pretty difficult to get because of just import fees and stuff like that. I
1: mean, I had to pay a bit. Everybody, and to get in, to get your foot in the door, you got to pay. Like, I'm not going to say, I, I've i been, uh, I've paid my fair share. I've gone through, like, Bulletproof. I do my research and stuff like that. So Bulletproof is my very first, like, people that helped me get my major parts. And I started finding out the, uh, when I went to Japan, I went to Bor, So I developed a relationship with them, and they, Help me out, get parts and stuff like that. so. I deal strictly with them now. They, to this day, I even though I don't really buy too many parts from them, I still keep a good relationship with them. I always try to visit them once a year and kind of stuff like that, and always keep up in good communication with them. I was like, you just gotta. My varis kit, I had. A, I went through bulletproof. I had to pay my way. I'm not gonna say it was cheap. but it was a decent price. So I slowly developed relationships with people that work there. Then relationships that turn outside of work, then it turns into friendship. And that's how I usually get built connections like that.
0: Yeah, and people who aren't as familiar with VARs like have to understand the type of stuff that you're buying. And like it can go into the talking about um, a lot of the fake parts that are out there. Because I've been to the warehouse and you're super familiar with it because you basically have every VARs part that's made from the car, including like the hood dampers and the little carbon garnishes that go on, mm-hmm. your, on your B pillars. But how long did you wait for your kit?
1: Well I wait at least probably like four to six months easy.
0: Yeah. And easy. like you're easily talking upwards of ten thousand US dollars. Easily. More than that. I for sure. I
1: did well, f- including the hood, yeah, it's including around the hood, ten thousand yeah. dollars. With the wing and everything, it's well over ten thousand dollars easy. Easily. I mean
0: yeah. the wing alone is insane. Yeah, it's about right? thirty five, yeah. Thirty five, yeah. But what people don't Understand or at least what I believe in is like every time that you're buying something from Varus because you're dealing with craftsmen, essentially like professional tradesmen that good that are good at that one thing like this is what they do They spend their lives on that's art like we're buying Sculptures. I always think of it like it's literally a sculpture. It's a handmade sculpture that we're we're buying And it's a very special piece that goes on our car. Like a lot of time went in and a lot of what we're seeing now is replicas everywhere Everything that's coming out, especially like companies in California, will take a part, they'll make a mold out of it, and then they'll start selling it as the whatever style or call it a completely different name that doesn't even have the word yeah. style in it, but they'll just call it some some whatever kit. Like, what do you think about that? Like, I mean, to
1: each their own at the end of the day, right? If you can live with yourself buying a fake part, a replica part, then go for it. I mean, not you can't control what everybody buys, but for me, I believe in buying the real thing because. By buying the real thing, you support them. By buying the fake thing, you're not supporting them. And a way, everyone uses the excuse about money. And money, say, oh, this costs too much. This costs too much. Like, I mean, money can always be made. So you always just save up your money. And as long as you have that eye on that price, you can really concentrate. On, like, if you really want it, you can do it. You can really save up for it. Because, I mean, if you want to buy the nice parts, you got to pay for it. It's not going to come cheap or anything like that. I had to pay for all my parts. So... I was lucky enough to have a good paying job so I could afford it.
0: And you said, we talked about this before too, that even if you have to end up eating like instant ramen for a while, like you got to do what it takes. Oh yeah. I worked out
1: out of town. I was never home for a lot of the time. So I, I lived out, I lived out in a camp with like 400 other guys working camp jobs, like 12 hours away from home and stuff. I working for like 20, 20 straight days doing 70 hour weeks to 84 hour weeks. Like, I paid my sacrifice. That's where I got to where I am today. That's why I don't take a if When every time I'm home, it feels good because you could know that uh, you could go away instant on work and you'd be gone for three weeks and you'd miss everything.
0: Yeah. And that's something that I, I guess I'd like people to know about you specifically is that a lot of the times we'll see on social media these guys that have a really strong presence and then you wonder, the question was always going to come up whether you can help it or not is, okay, well, what are you doing for a link? What are those kids for a link? Do they have like mommy and daddy money or how is it that they're affording these things but you're different like me and you are very similar in the type of work that we do mm-hmm. like we're far away from home we work long hours day straight and we value the time that we have off but it's hard work i mean your work is a whole lot harder than mine you're out there in cold like below zero cold all the time
1: Mm-hmm. yeah i mean it's then it is work and then you just gotta f- concentrate like what you're building towards and that's what you gotta have goals because if you if you work out of town in these places easy to get lost up in uh, drugs and drinking and stuff like that so you just gotta keep your head straight and you just focus on it because a lot of people there's a lot of influences out there like a lot of guys do drinking and drugs and stuff. Like that. it's like you just can't get caught up in all that stuff
0: how like i guess is that your motivating factor thing or is that your, the motivating factor that you have in order to keep doing the type of work Cause it's, it's tough. And like I said, it leads to a lot of like alcoholism or even drug abuse. Like, how is it that you're driven away from that?
1: I mean, it's more mental than anything. Lots of people, it's not the physical, the physical part is tough, but it's more mental. Being away from everybody and being isolated from society, not being able to talk to your friends or anything like that. I mean, I talk to friends on social, social media, but it's not the same. Like if you're going to hang out with them and all that stuff. But it's, when we were young, our parents raised up strict, like, no, don't it, like they've, they bought us alcohol and stuff like that. so they taught it wasn't like a jaded thing so it, it, it was given to us so we knew that when we were older that we didn't really need it because we got it out of our systems but like drugs i don't know it's it it's expensive first of all drugs and i know what it does to you and i know how it can ruin your life so that's why i don't deal with it and stuff. i just rather spend my money on stuff that i can show people that i have rather than kind of like waste it on alcohol and stuff like where you can't really show people
0: you, have I mean, going into money, like you have spent a ridiculous amount on yeah. on the car and you think back on it, is there anything about it that you regret? Like, let's say spending money on.
1: Uh, I mean, I've gone through a v- variations of coilovers, which I spent a good penny, a penny on. I bought like the Eibach R2s, which are like about three grand and stuff, like two, three grand. So I was like, and then I switched it over to old and it was like, I didn't have to buy the iBox if I knew exactly what I wanted, but I didn't know exactly what I wanted. It's just what the shop recommended to me, so I went off their recommendation. Then I found out what, what I really wanted. So then I, I mean, at that, that's maybe the most I kind of regret. Maybe the, when I went through stages of my car, when I went through like a, when I went through a little bit over uh, just bolt-ons. So I went, so I didn't really have to have that power, but I did anyways, but I felt like there was like 10 grand there where I'd, where then I had to recover again by selling off parts and stuff. There's not really any parts I regret on the car because I usually plan out my build and do my research and figure out exactly what I want.
0: When did you have an idea of turning the car into what it is now?
1: I mean, what do you mean, like from a uh, normal body to wide body or like? Engine? There's that,
0: but like, did you ever. Did you think like when you bought the car that that's what it that this no. would be yeah
1: because i saw the Vare scam. i'm i admired it when i first came out i was like man this is nice like but i saw the price tag, was like man i can't afford this it was like i'm just going to let it be a daily driver just do like bol- maybe bolt on stuff but like i was just going to do like lower it for a while i thought about doing airbags because i thought i was like oh because i just don't want to damage a lip so i want to raise the car up when i go over speed ones but like, i got over the fact and i just went coil over so i figured that was a lot nicer then i just it all started with buying bigger wheels. Once the, then I told me did they needed to roll the fenders. It may sound crazy and stuff like that, but I tell this story to everybody. When it cracked my paint, I was like, oh, fuck, I don't wanna, want it to start rusting. So I was say, like, oh, cut it for a wide body. Then I, did it. then I got bigger wheels and stuff like that. Then I was like, oh, with this aggressive look, I need some power. So I didn't, I didn't want to go overboard and redo my whole engine. So that's where that's when my thing where all the bolt-ons, I did that. And that was that stage. And then when I got, I tracked for a few, three track days and stuff like that. And then I got bored of the power. I wanted to go full race. And that's when it's been up to now about three years.
0: You speaking of rolling fenders, like I hated doing anything on the car when I first got it that would mess up the body in any way, whether it meant like drilling your front bumper for a lip or anything that would like touch it. And I remember getting my first set of wheels and I went to a shop, the same shop that mounted it was a shop that rolled my fenders and the guy told me you know, as long as i've been rolling fenders i've never cracked any paint which is of course nonsense because this is the guy that owns the shop versus the employees that are actually doing the work mm-hmm. so this guy may have never cracked some paint on, on some fenders but that's not to say that they that his employees did so they started rolling the fenders and then the paint started cracking and i saw that because i was watching them do it and i was like oh my god i am about to lose it like looking at my car but i felt like my car is destroyed right now yeah, my paint is cracked the same way. i was like oh my god and the guy remember the guy had to like pull me back outside of the shop and put me into the waiting area to like calm me down He's like you know what let the guys do their work i think you're scaring them or whatever and just go ahead but i knew like already like my paint is cracked and it's just yeah. not it's just not good so when they were all when it was all said and done i go and big cracks in in my paint underneath my wheel walls and a lot of people don't like think that you can just leave it like that. But of course, if you leave exposed metal out into the elements, regardless of where you are, you're going to get rust. You yeah. got to get that taken care of right away. Yeah. And that was like the first thing that I did. It was like go to a body shop and I told them, I don't care like what you have to do, but I need this covered because I know that these cracks are just going to grow and spread open um, and I got to get it taken care of. So that was like the first, it was like one of the first instances where I go to modify something and it doesn't work out as planned and then i had to do something else to fix it mm-hmm. and it just seems like everything with the car has like it's never as straightforward don't you think that like yeah
1: you go I mean, to thing. something plan it as best as you can but never stuff never goes as planned we I mean, just change especially with my car nothing went as planned i mean i try to plan it out as best i can but there's obviously bumps in a road that's out of your control so i mean you take the good with the bad and you learn from the lessons
0: well you painted your car and then what happened when you painted your car
1: for some reason it didn't start, there. We, and then um, no one could really figure out so I decided to tow it back to Canada. I was going to do all the shows in California, have all the fun, should do, do like a whole campaign year with my team and everything, but then it just things didn't work out and I just decided to cut my losses and bring it back to Canada and get it fixed In terms, of it was just like a broken ignition wire.
0: But California is always going to be, like, the car-modifying capital. Oh, it's right? definitely the
1: cream of the crop, like, where if you want to be anybody in anything, you want to go there and kind of win the shows. But, I don't know, I'm kind of, my car is pretty much done now. It's like, I'm kind of over that stage of, like, car shows. Because I feel like I don't need to prove anything to anybody anymore. I know what I am capable of, and I I have the friends that are well-established in the community. and they, And their acknowledgement means more than what a show means to me, a simple trophy.
0: What we see a lot nowadays is people focusing on the social media aspect of it. And there's a lot of turnover when it comes to the builds. And these are, these are I literally say the like, quote unquote builds cause it's not really what they are. It seems like in some ways it's more about the attention that they're getting, the modifications that they're making that are exaggerated, that garner a lot of attention and then they go on to the next thing. And for sure, like there has to be some part of them that is admitting like they're doing this for attention. Because for me, like if I if if I have if I'm passionate about something and I'm passionate about the car, like that's that's my only focus, is like that one thing. I'm putting everything that I have into my attention, whatever spare time, like it's going to that, because that's all that's all I got. I'm not doing one turning it over and then doing the next one. Cause then that's just like it's like an exercise. It's like something I do. Uh, for fun or whatever and you're
1: losing a lot of money every time you change cards for me i mean some people might do it just for attention because if it seems like everybody's driven on hype right now and it seems like who has the latest and greatest and kind of thing like that for me it's just like i want to pick something and focus on it and do it to the best of my ability i don't want to really switch it up until i'm d- completely finished with it and saying that oh i just do a body uh wide body kick coilovers, overs boltons exhaust and stuff like stuff that everybody is it's not everybody does that i just feel like you gotta go a little bit beyond beyond the simple what everybody does or else everybody's built the same then it's not really exciting
0: why not the big social media presence then why don't you
1: i mean partially because i'm in vancouver and i'm not it's hard to blame where i live but i'm not really seeking the attention i'm not asking for sponsors i'm not hashtagging anybody I mainly keep to myself, man. Anybody that really knows me... I mean, before I was, like, all about the shows and doing that, driving around Seattle and stuff like that, doing all the shows. But now I'm just... I like keeping to myself. I I like the attention low. I mean, if people come up to me and ask me about my car, I have no problem uh, telling them about it and stuff like that. But I have enough friends I've made in this community that I feel like I could be quiet and just keep to myself and just enjoy my car myself.
0: And I thought... I had attention to detail on my car and then we walked around your car earlier today and that thing is is like spectacular. Every detail.
1: Is- I mean there's all, there's flaws, right? I'm not I'm not perfect, but and I'm not the greatest eye for attention. I have friends that took care of the paint really well at DTM. He mm-hmm. he's a very he's very specific on how his paint. He knew I was taking my car from Canada to California, so he made sure he took care of it. I'm very happy with the job there. But it's like there's like a few nicks here and there, like on like there could have been better finishing on some things but i'm not like for me i'm not a perfectionist like if the car was built for a purpose to race i was like honestly if i want to go to a show i should probably clean that up
0: yeah but it's i mean beyond attention to detail a lot of it the execution is is insane oh, yeah, the
1: shop did amazing work yeah. i've been with the shop for years and i haven't had any complaints they stayed late nights and everything like that made sure i was happy and they accommodate me in any way possible like dropping my car off, picking my car up from my own place and stuff like that, even though it's just down the hill. Like, their service is top-notch, and I don't regret uh, I I would recommend them to anybody that lives in Vancouver. What's the shop? It's the Speed Syndicate.
0: Now, they, I mean, we took a uh, tour around there, and it's, like, a really small shop. It's smaller than I thought, but, man, the quality that they're cranking out there is insane. I mean, they had a car that was featured on Speed Hunters there, like, people who know them go to them and like high quality bills are there and we get caught up in a lot of the names sometimes don't you think like a lot of the big shop names and we'll send a car there and it ends up what ends up happening at least i feel that we spend a lot of money and we don't get the quality that we thought that we were going to get because we bought into hype we bought into a name
1: mm-hmm. i mean at the end of the day, it's like if you're doing work you don't want to rush it or you don't want to look over to watch someone work because if you're watching over someone work more than likely they're not going to do a good job because everyone's nervous when you watch people work. So I'm very, I'm in the trade, so I know how being looked on it, how it feels and everything. I I let my mechanic have my room. I I give him my input. It's like give and take feedback and stuff. So we work out the best solution possible. So it works out good because we are both in the trades and we understand how difficult it is to do the work. So I'm very patient and I know how things work.
0: Patience is a thing that it's pretty hard to come by when it comes to doing this. I think that's another reason why people go the fake route on parts versus the real route because of course there's always that JDM wait waiting yeah. like four months, five months. And now, because people are becoming more aware because of social media, the wait time has gone to like six or seven months. And on top of that, the price has also increased for these parts. So what's the best route for people is to go the cheaper alternative, the non-JDM, the replica stuff, or even just something that's completely off off the wall. like. We know of the other body kit that's made for our cars, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the, the overfender style. And it's not the same, like, but, like you said, to each their own, right? But it seems like people are just going to forego quality, one, for the attention, or just, two, to have, like, that quote-unquote uniqueness.
1: I mean, I don't mind people going that, that route, but it's like, don't try to uh, pretend it's real. That's, that's my issue. I mean... I always have issues with people buying fake, but I have a bigger issue when people are trying to pretend that it's real and label it as a real thing and try to get the attention of the re- real because there's people like you and me and like there's a, lots of people in this world that buy the real stuff and they work hard. They put their blood, sweat, and tears into whatever they're doing, right? So they work long hours to get to the point where they want to work or get the part that they want. And then to come, for someone to come by and just kind of like fake it in, is like I completely i I take it as a slap in the face to myself personally because I worked hard and this guy just took the easy way out. It just seems like they're trying to get the attention and doing it for the wrong reasons.
0: I think that's why a lot of people have had i mean we'll we'll talk about it for sure that people have had issues with you people have claimed that you're elitist and they say like that they burned some that you burn some bridges and i and I think just from talking to you, I realize at least for me personally it's about. The passion that you have for it. it's not really that like you're an religious thing you think that you're better than everybody because i've never got that feeling talking to you whatsoever but people think that like well you know that quincy guy with that he thinks he's such a big deal because of his car blah, blah 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 but that's not really the case
1: right? well, i just feel like would you put yourself in a second rate like do you think you deserve the best so that's the way i feel like Nobody deserves second best. If you really believe that you deserve second best, and I don't know, you may have self kind of self confident issues, but no one in their mind should treat themselves to second rate. They should, you should always want the best for yourself. So that's the way I see it.
0: So do you feel like your car is reflecting that? Like it's reflecting you?
1: It's a big persona. Like, I mean, I've. I like to think of it as a sleeper, but people laugh when they see it as a sleeper because it looks really aggressive and everything. But it's like, I like, I didn't really plan on going so crazy until lately. But then it just things started to happen. It's like, I just want to present people like the finest quality that I think I deserve. So I put it as a, uh, on my car as a reflection of myself.
0: So if it's a reflection of yourself, I guess, what does that car mean to you? Like, how, how does it matter in your life? Because right now you say that it's it's done, but you've gone to this extent of putting the most ridiculous stuff that you could possibly find for this car, like on every single aspect of it, inside and out, top to bottom. Like, what does the car mean to you now?
1: I, It's very tough to say like what it means to me, like at the end of the day, it's a materialistic good, but I find a purpose, like it's, it gives me some relaxation when I drive at nighttime, like it calms my nerves and everything. It feels nice when you're, on the road by yourself, and there's really no, nobody else to bother you when you're just driving on the road. Obviously, be aware of where you're driving and stuff, like that, but feel like it's really relaxing to drive the car, because it just seems like nobody can tell you how to drive your car. I just like that.
0: And I don't know if this is, like, coming from, I guess you could say, a poor man's perspective, but I like my car, and I couldn't see myself having any other car. And with you, with the amount of money that you spend, like the total sum of money, like you could have gotten something else. Completely. Yeah, I
1: could have gotten exotic and stuff. But do you know what? Anybody can go to a lot, pick a car off the lot. say, yeah, I got that. I mean, I just wanted to personalize it so I can name it myself and something that nobody can really have on the road. So it's unique. That's why, because anybody can go buy a Lamborghini, a Ferrari, a Porsche or whatever thing off the lot. But in, at the end of the day, it's just someone that bought it off the lot. I mean, true people do modify, but I like I feel like the exotic cars almost feel like it's like a different class for like people because when you have that kind of car, you almost look down on everybody else. That's the way I feel like. I just didn't want that feeling, so I kept it a mid range car and then put the money. Also, I didn't like how a lot of there's a lot of rich kids in Vancouver. Like there's exotic cars everywhere and stuff. So it was, I want to build a car that was like comparable, like performance wise comparable to them. Like horsepower-wise, so I want to be like, yeah, you got beat by a Subaru. It feels good when when people do that.
0: Well, what's the scene like here in Vancouver? I mean, it's
1: very quiet. It's, uh, we we don't get the automotive attention, so maybe there's like a dri- there's one or two shows max a year, maybe one if you're lucky. But most of the time, you have to go south to the border. You gotta go down to Seattle to get anything. But even then, Seattle maybe gets like three or four shows, but they're usually nothing big. Like. I think the biggest one now is Fest that's coming to Seattle. Autocon is coming to Seattle for Driftcon and stuff like that, so there's just a little bit more attention, which is good. Seattle does... Uh, the Pacific Northwest deserves a little bit more attention, especially for, like, the JDM cars. We have that... I know the states, they have their 25-year rule, but we got the 15-year rule, so we usually get a lot of, like, the JDM, real nice JDM cars before the state, so it's nice that we can show it off to the Americans.
0: Why did you... Um what was the original intent of, like, going to California? So you wanted to get, like, I guess your car was going to be done and you wanted to get the exposure for it. Like, was that always going to be the plan?
1: Yeah, I was going to get some exposure. Like, it was more to, like, for my own personal, like, to boost my ego. I mean, it sounds bad like that, but I just wanted, like, kind of, like, the credit, um, like, the, like, the... um, accreditation by my peers and stuff like that because there's i know a lot of people in california i know every my car has developed a lot of friendships all over the world so i like to have something to show it's like yeah i did this i was able to be the best super in california it's like now i'm older now that was like when i was young and immature i just wanted all that It's was like in in the bottom of my heart i still do want it but i don't want it as bad i'm content now with just doing my own thing and kind of just hanging out by myself if friends want to come see the car i don't mind having the car out, having some fun with it. I don't mind going to shows, but it's like it's not high on my priority list. It's hard. It's not. I'm not going to sacrifice anything too big to give, make a show.
0: I think that's something that not a lot of people are, are willing to admit. But, like, if you're in social media, I mean, the very fact that you have something and it's not just your personal stuff, if you constantly post pictures of the car, like, in some ways, it's part of your life. And in other ways, like, for sure, it's got to be with the attention, like, going modifying and, like, um, or like it's a reason why you modify it. and ultimately yeah like the, the car becomes an expression of yourself and it, you make it what you want and whatever else you want to say but it feels good when you get that recognition people don't want to admit it but yeah like you get you feel good even even i feel that way like you go out you take it out people look at the other car and they're like well, what is that thing that's driving on the road yeah like that's always that a feeling. good sense yeah I like of that course form. But people don't want to admit that. They say, no, like it's really about myself. And I was like, don't lie. Like you know, you know, you like people complimenting the car. Everybody likes
1: me. a good compliment. Nobody can say they don't like a compliment, right? But it, it's I'm kind of over the fact that if people come on compliment, that's fine. I'm not gonna boost my ego anymore. I just go on about my life. It's just not the car is older now. It's not like it's brand new. Like this is the first thing that anybody has done or anything like that. So I was like, it's fine i don't what, mind
0: what does it happen like people get a lot of this ego as soon as they get a little bit of an instagram following as soon as their numbers go into like four figures and it becomes five figures on instagram then it always seems like now they're putting up inspirational quotes and now they're telling you about this lifestyle and then they're like posing all cool in front of their car and it's like come on dude like even i as as crazy as my car is and as even wilder as your car is like it doesn't it's not a big deal. Like, at the end of the day, it's just a car. Like, I'm not anybody different than...
1: I'm not trying to make my make my car my business and to solely uh, revolve on my life around my car. Like, a car at the end is a car. I, I don't hold any higher value than, like, a human life or anything like that. Like, people just want just to jump around Instagram and pose all that. So I was like, I don't care. I was like, I don't care what people think because some people need other people's validation, like everybody, as long as I have my friends validation, that's good enough for me. It's like, if I get recognized for something great, but I'm not looking, I'm not expecting to be recognized.
0: Did you ever think that like it would end up being what it is now and you have this sort of like connections that you do now? Cause I know that it was at least different for me. Like I just, I bought a car that I thought was going to be fun. And now it's like sort of turned into this, this wild thing and the same thing for you. Like what does that like what's that feel like for you because it's it's extremely unique and you have stuff that I mean nobody else really has
1: I mean like I've always been a collector so I've always had a hoarding issue so I always collect stuff that I don't need. So I always feel like I need to collect the best things. So back then I was always like, "Oh my god, I see a rare part, I gotta buy." It. Even though it didn't fit for my car, I had to have it. It was like a, it was like a feeling, like an addiction. Like you had to feed yourself. Like it felt good to buy stuff that everybody wanted, but not many people had.
0: And you have like I saw that glass case collect collection. And yeah, we have you, a decent collection. I mean, it's better than decent. Like that should, it should be displayed in a museum. How ridiculous that stuff is. Because you've got Tommy Car shift knobs. You've got. Uh, arc pieces you've got top secret stuff and of course like arc oil caps that are new unused in box that could easily sell for north of 700 probably a thousand because of the fact that they're still in the box it's it's crazy to think that you have that and then alongside of it right next to it is your insane shoe collection i mean
1: it's just it's a matter of time that's all it is like at the end of the day, I'm not, I'm not one of those people that search like hunt Yahoo auctions or Japan auctions. It's like I find it through people posting. Like, it. like usually it's like my ARC, a lot of my ARC is through like friend connections that they, they're letting go. And they know it's going to go to a good home. And they know I'm not going to resell it. So they usually do sell it to me because they know I'm a collector. And that's how I usually get all my parts. Like I with JDM came for a while so he's I bought a few parts from him and he, he knew I was looking for a top secret quick release so when he got a second one I told him I was like let me know he's like I really want it I won't disclose the price but he knew I wanted it so he looked out for me and he got it for me I and that was like one of the pieces I really wanted but now it's like I see I saw him have a HKS quick release and I thought that was absolutely insane but it just didn't bring that sparkle in my eye like how I used to now. Now I feel older and stuff like that. I feel like I'm more mature. I feel like I want to focus my life on other stuff other than cars.
0: So did you think that a little bit of what you did is foolish? Or I guess the real question i have been wondering is like, do you think like we're crazy for doing this stuff? That we I mean, do? it takes
1: a certain person to spend that kind of money. But at the end of the day, you, you gotta, you're pulling the trigger so you know what you're doing. So it's not like, oh, you're going to just drop 10 grand without blinking an eye. You obviously think long and hard when you spend that money because you know that all the hours of work and all this hard work you had to do to get that money. So it does take a little bit of time, but it's like, you you know in your head, what in, you have an envision in your head that the way you want your car to look, the way your car wants to perform and everything. And I feel like if you're if you're really focused on that, you can get there.
0: And I think people don't realize like when they get to the level that you're at, like Everything. Well, I guess even starting when you're like in that mid range, or in that low mid range, everything is a thousand dollars. Everything is going to end up being because like, a thousand here, it's a thousand there. With you, like when you're at the stuff that you're doing, okay, everything is like three grand here, three grand there, three grand there, and it, it just like like snowballs down and down. It just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And I don't think that people understand. Like, do people ever ask you how much money, or do we, people ever ask you like what it takes to?
1: I mean, it's. I mean, people know there's a lot of money. People can see the hard work, which I do appreciate that people can see the time and money that's been spent on the car. But people know there's a lot, decent amount of money. I mean, if you really want to know, I have no problem breaking it down for you. Like, I'm not, I mean, I paid my fair share. But I paid ridiculous pricing and stuff. Like that, so I learned my lessons of where to buy stuff, how to buy stuff and stuff. like that. So I have no problem steering people the right direction.
0: Right. And I feel the same way because, I mean, we've made mistakes for sure. I know, like, if you're in this long enough. You're going to make mistakes or you're going to get ripped off. Like it just happens. Yeah,
1: You're going to get taken advantage. You got to take the good with the bad. And that's how you build relationships. So you find out who you, who is your real friends in this world.
0: What's like, what are some of the things that you've lost money on? You think? But, yeah, but like besides the coilovers, which was just like a decision that you were making.
1: I mean, it's hard to say, but like, I mean, I know I paid good amount of price for my various kids. Like at the end of the day, it's what... I guess what the market is and how the Japanese dollar is and stuff like that—it goes. It varies from every day, like how the pricing is, stuff like that. Like maybe the wheels, I kind of regret. Like I spent a lot on my wheels. I paid like three grand a cent. like, that. and then now I go to Japan and I have friends in Japan who just laugh at the price I paid for it and stuff like that. So I, I do feel like I got kind of like ripped off there. But at the times, like that's what the best deal I could get f- from my friends at the time. So I'm what I'm can. Do nothing but swallow the pill and just move on.
0: Have you ever been ripped off like like blatantly? Like someone has just taken advantage of you or taking your money?
1: Not really for car parts. It's just more like personal matter and stuff like that. But as a, I'm not going to name and no names or anything like that because I don't want to point out, be like that guy and so everybody knows, oh, you did this guy bad. It's like, it's water on the bridge and I just move on with my life. Like, it's fine.
0: A lot of people can't let that kind of stuff go though so like i mean it just seems like it's
1: it. the reason why i'm out of the car game is because it seems like it's too much drama like the finger pointing and the he said she said kind of thing right it's like i'm over it i'm just kind of just want to like i'm ignoring it all like that's why my social media is like if you look at it it's like it's mainly food and like travel pics because that's that's what my passion is right now i do post like the odd picture of the car and stuff like that here and there but it's very rare now i mean most of my followers are from my cars which i do like but i could see the difference when i post up like my travel pictures come and then when, when I post up a cool park car picture, I can see like significant, like my audience, which ones they like more, but it's fine. I don't mind, I'm not here to do it for likes. I'm just here to share my passion with the people that find my passion in common. So it's great to share with people like that.
0: Why do you think people can't let that kind of stuff go? Cause like, I think it's, people are too serious about that kind of thing.
1: Maybe people are he- there to like prove something like, they gotta prove something to the world or something like that. Where they 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 if they hear that grudge or something, they hear something bad talk them in, and they just they just carry it with them. They feel like they got something to prove. Like I, as I'm over like dwelling over like oh this guy told me said this about my car. He's or he's doing this car. He's doing this to his car. He's doing that to his car. Was like I'm over the whole thing. I I was obviously I was jealous of some people and stuff like that, and I envied some people. And there's some people I didn't like, and I d- dwelled over it, and I it just didn't like it. It was just too stressful. I was worrying what people was doing. I was worrying about what people were doing rather than what I could do because I have no control of what they do. So all I can do is control my own doing. So I just work, focus on myself. No point in dwelling on other people because you can't control them.
0: Yeah. And you see that so much, especially coming on, on Facebook, people will always bring up something as if it's like a personal vendetta against them and really no it's just, it's an opinion but people take other people's opinions seriously. I mean, like... At
1: the end of the day, I, I believe in karma. I like if you if you treat people bad, you're going to get what's coming to you. And I think I treated most people fairly well. I mean, I not I'm not going to say I'm a saint or anything, but I did make I did make my own enemies and stuff like that, but it's like at the end of the day, I'm over that drama. If people want to make peace with me, that's fine, but I'm not here going to reach out Bring out the olive branch without. If they, I if I know they're wrong and they don't want to talk to me, that's fine.
0: But it's like the way that we talk about this, it would make it seem like it's something more serious than what it is. But it it's just it's just cars, and we're doing the thing that we love to do, and and that's still something that I, like I have a hard time grasping on, like being into car modifying. Only like a couple of years now, but people take this stuff so seriously.
1: People take, think thing is like their only aspect in life like they buy they want that validation from everybody they feel like if they modify their car this way it'll, be, it'll get them seen points and technically But it's like i don't really care about what people think anymore i've been over the fact that like oh th- this guy likes this part of my car or something like you're not building a car for them i mean if you you want to go buy those uh replica parts that's fine like as long as you're happy with it but just don't call it real that's my big thing is like because that tarnishes my like hard work and stuff, like where I spent actual a lot of time to get the real parts the right way. I mean, some people get tricked in buying replica parts and saying that people are tricking them that it's real. But you know what? It's at the end if I tell you, I'm not here to put your build down. But if I tell you something and it's obviously it's a replica, and I show you the difference between a replica and a real one, and you blatantly choose to disregard it and then still do it, then I don't know. I mean, I could hate you for so much, but then it just gets tiresome and I just move on.
0: And I know who it is that you're talking about because it's like the same guy that you and I have dealt with. And and you do, I do agree with you there. You feel like it's a slap in the face because this person asked me to get something for them that was real to put on something that was fake. And we know it's just like, I don't care. You do whatever it is that you want to do. You spend the money that you want to spend. That's fine. I have the real stuff. I know what I have when you do that kind of thing and like you're lying to me and you're lying to yourself like you're trying to make something seem that it's not what it actually is
1: i mean he's, he seems like he still believes it's real because he got it off a of friend but i don't know if you if you don't actually get it that's why it's so hard to like friendship is i don't like to mix money with friends because it usually ends up being i've ruined a lot of friendships like that and just based off money and stuff like that so i'd rather just like keep to my own like I mean, I tell you what it is. That's just my opinion. I could prove to you what it is, and take it as you will, right? You can run away with the idea and take it as is, and correct it. If not, that's fine. But I just don't like about how people going out just posting up their car just to get validation from everybody, thinking that they thinking it's okay to buy fake parts.
0: That happens so often, and like I struggle with that, like to understand why it is that that happens. I'm giving you. Money and I want the service that this money is paying for, but it doesn't happen, and you get ripped off. Like I don't, why, where is the disconnect? Like why is that so hard? You have the money and it's really good money, but I'm not getting the stuff that I that I got for. And a lot of times you just end up getting ripped off. That I think way.
1: it's people because they don't when they first get in the scene they don't know who to go to. They, 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 the big thing is, oh, they'll say I have this friend that can get you this body. They'll show you a picture of it, but it won't show you the name or anything like that. And then eventually, you learn. It, then you'll find out it's fake. But then, do you really want to go back and spend the real money? But it's like, I think the big thing is that people aren't going to, aren't doing the right research of finding where to get these proper parts are.
0: Do people ever come up and ask for help at least, like in the stuff, getting the same stuff, or do people ask you? Hey, like, where'd you get that from, or blah blah blah, that kind of thing.
1: I mean, I try to help people as best I can to with my connections and stuff. Like that. But lots of them are just kind of like feelers, like they. I mean, most of the stuff if you're going to ask me where I buy is usually is expensive, so I don't expect people to buy right away. You can go ask, get a price, and so you know what you're dealing with. But lots of them it's just kind of like feelers here and there. But it's like, it doesn't bother me if people don't pull the deal.
0: I feel elitist in saying this, but I know that if you're asking me. I already know that you can afford it, or you shouldn't be buying it, because you're in, you're in the, you know like if you're into it, if you have the money, you already know you you're not turning to the right person. Now you might get a, you might ask them, okay, what's a better place to buy it from, but you don't know because if I ha- if you have to ask me like what it is and how much it is, I know you're not going to end up getting it.
1: I mean, it's, everyone has to start somewhere. It's a le- it's a big learning curve, especially when you're entering starting in the car scene, like. Uh- I was never with this knowledge. I knew every single part. It takes time to learn parts and stuff like that. You got to do your platform research and stuff like that. See what companies support this. You can see which one's the replica companies and you can see the fake uh, real companies and stuff like that. You just got to find out where you got to go. And then once you find out, once you achieve a certain point where you have like a nice car and people see it and you build friends all over the world and you have connections, then it's easier getting parts like that. Then there's not such a long wait time on stuff like that.
0: Do you ever tell, I guess, uh, does anybody ever ask you if it's worth it? Like if what you did was worth it?
1: I mean, everyone will say, oh, it's not worth it. Nobody's going to drop that much money in a car and think it's all worth it. Because at the end of the day, cars are depreciating value of a car, right? So to me, it's more for like my personal enjoyment. But I'm glad I did it when I was young. Because now when I'm older, it's not a big hindrance on me. Because... When you have kids and family, you want to focus on them rather than, oh, I got to build this car to beat this some some 20-year-old kid and when you're, like, 30 years old. It just seems it's kind of petty to me. It seems like I just want to, when you're young, do your do, do all your spending, make your mistakes. Then when you're older, just learn from it and just get over it. Just kind of get on with your life. Like, everybody has to grow up at the end of the day. And if you if you're still, like, trying to beat 20-year-old kids at a car show, I don't know what you're doing, though. It's just, it's just my thing. It's like if you have a kids and family, you should focus on them rather than your car. I don't think it should be a sole thing where you should be dropping twenty grand a year. Because, to be honest, twenty grand is a lot of money. You could be putting into your kids' uh, savings or something, like that, or go on a family trip or something. There's much better things to spend twenty grand on if you have a family than on your, in your car.
0: The way you talk about it, it makes me think. Like in some ways, you think that it makes it seem like it's a little. It's ridiculous. At least for me, I know it's ridiculous. I, I, have, I acknowledge that like, it's a stupid amount of money. Do you, ever, do you ever think that the stuff that we do is like, ridiculous? That
1: oh, yeah. Uh, every, every time I have to... Before, when I was all into the cars, I would, no question, I was like, I would do this right away in a heartbeat. I wanted this. But now, uh, now I have to really think about make sure I don't put myself in a bad financial position. Make sure I plan for my future... Because not all the time the grass is always green. So you got to pre- prepare, uh, prepare for those rainy days. So you, want, you learn and you want to prepare yourself for life outside of cars. Because at the end of the day, life moves on uh, with your car. Either you have money or you don't.
0: What would you say if someone asked you, if someone said, like, I want to do it. I want to do what it is that you did to your car. Would you tell them to go ahead with it or would you advise them against it?
1: I would let them know what you're getting into the financial. Maybe some people think it's stressful. I most think it is stressful because you do want to get it done a certain time. You don't want to rush it, but then you want to get it done fast. But it does put a lot of stress on you financially, especially if you're older and stuff like that. So I do, I tell people the truth. I'm not here to sugarcoat nothing. Like I tell as is the way I feel it's, I can tell you it's a bad decision. I'll tell you it's a bad decision right away. But if you want if you have the money and stuff like that, I don't mind helping you and leading you in the right pointing you in the right direction.
0: Oh yeah. And I don't think people really understand the full extent of what it is that you're getting into. Like at the bare minimum, if you're running a VRS wide body kit, at least for me, I would say like the fair estimate to make the car decent. And this is just like based on perspective. Once you get the kit, once you get your paint, your body work done. Once you get wider wheels and tires, it's going to end up being a 25000 to $30,000. Yeah, to so get the
1: look down. Like lots of people think, oh, it's just a slap on a body kit. Yeah. And then you need wheels. And you, you want to, obviously, you can't be riding really high. So you want to lower your car, have other aspects. the body work, the paint. Luckily, I've had good friends that have taken care of me for my body work now. Now I don't have to really worry about it. I did pay my fair share. So you learn from experience.
0: What would you say? Or I guess like for, for me, people have asked me before. They they send me messages like, okay, what are, what did it all cost, and I tell them right away like, I really wouldn't do it if this is something that like you have to actively budget for it. Like I don't think that you should actively have like money set aside for this because it's gonna steamroll into something a whole lot bigger. Like if you can't just, if you don't have the money to just drop on it now as is then i don't think that you should be doing that or would you say
1: something like that to people i, I mean if you're young and i can see you're young and you're eager and you have to drive to do it i have no problem like oh if you that's your dream to build like a really nice car go for it but like when you're older when you have if you especially if you're like my age i'm getting upwards i'm i'm high mid-20s right now so i'm starting starting to look at the next chapter of my life so it's like if someone's like that age i'd recommend them, it's like do you really want this like there's other stuff you can do in life rather than cars what, or ask you, why do you want to do it? Better question is, like, who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for yourself or are you doing it for the people on the internet to get the appreciation, the accreditation from the social media?
0: And I think that's something that's hard for people to swallow because, for sure, I mean, Instagram plays such a big role in everything. Like... Oh, who
1: doesn't like a lot of followers? Of course. It's always nice to see when you see, oh, yeah, I get so many likes on the things. But it's over now like i'm past that stage i'm not i'm not i don't have i'm not on the like the latest market where i have the latest craziest car like the new fa- i don't have the newest car like my car is not that new anymore it's a 2012 it's like there's new models now it's like that that phase is kind of past and you just and you gotta just get over it just grow up and get over it not just keep on buying new and new cars and like, keep on sinking more money into newer cars because at the end it's a never-ending battle you'll never win because at the end of the day, you may think your car is the best, but there's always someone out there with a little bit more money, a little bit more, little more time, better parts.
0: Yeah, you'll drive yourself crazy. Yeah, like, there's to always, chase a there's dream always yeah. trying to
1: chase down something that you can't really chase down when mm-hmm. it's out of your control.
0: For sure, whether it's speed, whether it's looks, anything, like, yeah. even wheels, like someone will always have something crazy or something more aggressive. Yeah, but I like people always want to believe that. Their car is going to be the best, or that they're the best, or some aspect of it. But it's it's just not going to happen. Like we can't control how like what we were born into. I mean, especially like okay, you and I who have these jobs that we have to work our ass off to get every single dollar for all those parts that we're getting like hard long hours. But then you have a kid on the other side that's just like born into money and he's got it, and he's not rolling around in a Subaru. I mean, he's rolling around in like a Porsche or a Ferrari, or whatever, and he's just got he's got the funds. But, I mean, what are we going to do? That's just how life is. That's what we're born into. We Mm -hmm. can't control that aspect of our lives and just kind of roll with what we have and uh, accept it for that kind of stuff. But some people can't. Some people are like, no, I can do more. I'm destined for something bigger or, like, I want to do all the same stuff. Rather, I want to do all the same stuff that they're doing. But you just can't. Like, you just... We're born different.
1: I mean... You can do what they want to do, but it's just time and money. It's like, if you're really devoted to it, but make sure you're doing it for the right thing. Make sure you're doing it for yourself rather than, oh, for other people's uh, recognition.
0: Yeah, because then I think you're thinking of yourself as less than. You're mm-hmm. already putting yourself in that position mm-hmm. where because you don't have what they have, then something something in your life is not as good as theirs. And, it, like, you're putting yourself down and trying to achieve this goal everything. when they
1: when you let other people influence your build that's when you know you're, you're not doing it for yourself
0: has there been anything that you've like changed your mind on like you put it on your car and you're just like well fuck why did i do that like why did i even go that route
1: not too much like all my parts have been i've been collecting parts for this build on my of my car for like two three years beforehand and i I know what, I do my research on my parts, so I usually carefully choose all my parts. So I'm not too worried about, I mean, maybe the thing I might regret is when I didn't need an Exetti triple disc clutch for 400 horsepower, but now I, I'm i at the stage where it would be nice to have it now. So I've then I've upgraded to a different clutch. So I did kind of waste a lot of money on that clutch, but was like it was fun. It was a learning experience to learn how to drive the triple disc and everything like that.
0: Yeah, and I think as much as we try to plan it all out for what, the car will end up becoming money is going to be lost yeah. and not like a little bit of money. You're going to lose several thousand for sure yeah. going this route. But I guess how I would want to wrap this all up is ask, like, if what would you tell people? Because I think you're in a position now where you can actually say, like give recommendations, give people advice because of just what it is that you've achieved with the car. Like what would you tell people that want to go the route that you went or do something similar like what are some of the pieces of advice that i mean if you want
1: to go crazy i have no problems but i'll tell you like it's not oh you just throw all this money and expect it to be done there's also like anybody can have money but so you gotta put the car parts together that work and it will look good if you can't put the parts that together that look good and function properly then anybody can just have money and just buy random parts So like, you just got you gotta get the right parts that work for your car i mean thing is to do plan out your build carefully find out what works what you want and go from there like if you, you know people want to build a crazy car i have no problem like telling you what it takes dude what, what it took for me to build my car but it's like be prepared for a long journey and it's not going to be one of those ones where you just kind of coast back it's always you you always want to be hands on with your building constantly check on it to make sure things are going right if things aren't going right you can try to work with your mechanic to find a solution of like how you can fix things better but make sure you're doing it for yourself, not just because some, oh, some rich kid over there, you, he has a nice car, but you want a nice car, but you don't really care about cars, but you're just jealous what he has. But just don't do it for that reason. Do it for yourself. But like, from building my car, I've met so many people all over the world, and I definitely don't regret it because at the end of the day, you can't buy those relationships if you don't spend any money. So I, even though I burned lots, of, uh, got burned lots of money, the friendships I come out with is way worth it than more than the money I lost.
0: I think that's very well put, man. I appreciate you sitting down with me. It's been a great experience here in Vancouver and showing me around, you know, and uh, I would definitely do it again. And I would hope the day comes where both of our cars can get together one day. And it's like, I mean, of course, anything is possible if you have the right amount of money for it. Right. Right. So, I mean, here's to that, man. So I think it's,
1: I appreciate it. I like, I appreciate that. You'd like my opinion and voice and stuff to let people be heard because it's Cars is very complicated. And it's just not like, oh, just as simple as putting on parts on the car. It's more than every more than that. It's a lot of politics involved and a lot of hard work and like stress. It's all mental and stuff like that.
0: Oh, no, for sure. But I had to do it because people have seen your car, but they don't know you. And I don't think that they really understand the quality that is behind that car. Because seeing it today, now you get a full grasp of everything that's into that car. And, and yours yours was the first car that i saw with the with the body kit and i've told you before like seeing your car was like this this myth on the internet and i saw this this wide body kit i had no idea what Vars was or anything like that but i saw your car and i was like god damn that is one crazy looking thing and i never thought that i was going to have this i had to be
1: inspired by someone too it's not from me it's like someone else had that kit before me and i drew inspiration and i was good friends with him and so that he sold the car now but we but he was definitely my inspiration, like, how to get the car going and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, and I was, I mean, I felt like it had to, I mean, I had to meet you, first of all. Like, I had to make the trip up here. And it's definitely been worth it because I didn't think that, like, the day would come where I would have, I mean, it's not close, for sure, looking, I mean, we're not close as far as, like, what the cars are. But, like, the fact that we share a lot of similar aspects, we have a lot of the same It feels good to
1: inspire someone. And then I know you probably inspire a lot of people based on, you have a good pretty good following on your social media and stuff like it's like it's good to feel like you inspire someone like you just the car did more purpose than just affect yourself
0: oh yeah i mean i love i love what it is i don't regret the money it's stupid i know like what it is that we do i I, I find it ridiculous but i love it and i wouldn't let it go i wouldn't i wouldn't sell it unless i mean something came up in my life that i had to because ultimately like it is a car it's just a thing (laughs) I, i accept that but like i mean i'll keep I'll keep doing this kind of thing for as long as I can proceed. Yeah.